So, um, and I have the honor and privilege of um, introducing our official new pastors to come and just share with us what, who is Bill and Mary Lee and what is New Day all about? Amen. So why don't they come up and I'm going to pray for you guys. Yeah, give them a clap. These are my friends, Bill and Mary Lee. So Father, I just thank you so much for um, everything you've brought them through. Mm. The 20 years of learning in your school <laughs> that they have learned so much and they have led faithfully. And, mm. and we just um, are excited to hear about who they are and what you're going to do in this church through them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Kathy. Good morning, everyone. We're so excited to share the word and to share with you this morning. And um, last week was phenomenal, wasn't it? Like, yeah. Just having all of you in the room and some of you were joining us online if you're out of town, but, and then all the people who came to support old friends and many pastors from years ago, and just to see Cameron's emotion, you know, of, <laughs> Kathy's laughing, his emotion of like, these are the people I've poured my life into and ministry into, and, you know, it was so honoring for us. Thank you so much for you know, honoring us and, and all your encouragement, but it was just, it felt like honor across the board, you know, for, for so many other pastors and just the ministry of New Day and what God's doing. And so just wanted to say thank you for last week. And I was so excited and I loved every, all the guests and all the people who came from, from our, from our New Day history. But I have to tell you, I was really excited about this week. I was like, next week, they'll all be gone and we'll be here. And we're like, we're the ones. We're the ones who are going to get down in the dirt together. We're the ones who are going to do this together. And so I'm ex exceptionally excited about today. And um, I just loved how much unity there was. And, you know, I just want to share with you something that Bill and I and Cameron committed to very early on when we started discussing this transition is we said, let's give New Day the gift of healthy leadership transition. It's sometimes rare in a church. And church is just another family. It's sometimes rare in a family. So there's, there's painful transition. There's, uh, and so we just want to give you guys that gift. And so we're committed to continuing to honor Cameron throughout the rest of our um, career together. He's still going to be a full-time pastor here, and we'll just navigate that together and honor one another. And really, we, our heart is to provide a place where it's just where you've got safe, steady leaders. Does that sound good? You guys like the sound of that? Sounds good, Marilee. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, yeah, like Marilee said, it's great to be here. Our first week preaching to you as lead pastors. We're doing, normally we'd, preaching sermon series, but this month it says one up because there are a bunch of kind of individual sermons that stand alone and don't go in a series. There's a lot of unique things going on at New Day right now. So this is another one up and we titled it Who We Are. So we wanted to start off by sharing with you a little bit of our personal history to let you know who we are, Bill and Mayor Lee. And so uh, 
I didn't know it, uh, but looking back, the Lord's been preparing me for this moment since I was a little kid. I found out last week that my mom brought me to this church in 1983 when I was about two or three years old. She remembered leading up to last Sunday that that happened. We lived on John Street, and this church used to be on Dutton Street, just around the corner there. And she took me to Sunday school there one time, and apparently I didn't let her go into service. She had to stay with me. <laughs> um, we didn't stay with the church at that time, but it's a little, a little breadcrumb I look back at now. Um, wow, right? I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Who could have predicted that that little kid would be standing here today in this role? It's cool. A few years after our visit to the church, um, my dad died, and it drove us back to church. We went to Kalamazoo, what's now called Kalamazoo First at that time, and that's where I responded to an altar call and responded to salvation, and that's where I was baptized. And um, my childhood experiences were really up and down as our, our family went through different changes, but eventually I landed at the Christian school in, in that church, and that's where I met Marilee. Some other time I'll tell you the story of that first day I met her, but not today. Um, midway through high school, so that was in eighth grade. Midway through high school, Carrie Miller's sister Liz introduced my mom to a guy. His name was Richard Roy. And uh, they hit it off. That's another story too I could tell you, but uh, not today. And uh, before I knew it, uh, I was coming back to this church in about 1998 with my mom and her new fiance. And they were married July 4th, 1998, and we officially became an RCA, Redemption Christian Assembly, or New Day Family. Um, Marilee and I started dating around that same time, actually, and a few years later, we got married while we were in college. Um, our early marriage years were really tough, you guys. Uh, it, it wasn't going great. I don't know about this honeymoon period. <laughs> People say that happens, but our experience was a little different. It was really tough. Um, but we got reestablished here at New Day after college. We moved back in December 2003, and it was here in this church that our marriage had a breakthrough, thanks to uh, Healing and Restoration Ministry from Scott and Stephanie Jones, who uh, many of you know or maybe you met last week if you were here. And it was here in this church that I personally had a breakthrough uh, that brought me into stable, steady, and vibrant relationship with the Lord that I had not experienced to that point. I had a lot of ups and downs until that breakthrough. And then Marilee and I started serving together here at New Day Community Church. We taught Sunday school. Uh, we assisted with youth group. We led the welcome team. Then we led healing and restoration ministry. Then uh, we became pastoral assistants. Then we were ordained as ministers here in 2018. And now here we are, lead pastors for all of you here in 2022. I almost forgot what year it was. So all along the way, um, you don't necessarily know what God is preparing you for. But his word is true when it says this, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion, Philippians 1.6. So if you're still wondering how your story will turn out, hang in there. Keep coming to church and keep at seeking the Lord with all of your heart. It can be a rocky ride. Mine was. But if you keep seeking him, you will find his faithfulness and you'll find the breakthrough that you're looking for. Amen. Thanks for sharing.
share your story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, some people want to clap for that. You can. You, you guys can do that anytime you want. All right. So I shared my testimony two weeks ago at River Sunday. I just shared how I've always been a Christian my whole life. And so my faith journey has been about discovering who God truly is and how much he really, really loves me. When I was 19 years old, he radically revealed his personal love for me through an undeniable miracle. When I used to read John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, I thought I was just lumped in with a kind of a general impersonal love that he had for the whole world, that he was kind of obligated to love me. So what happened was, um, a, a tiny little side diamond of, of my engagement ring had fallen out and it should have been impossible to find. We had been every that, everywhere that day. We were in Florida that summer attending a leadership school with our college church and our friends had faith that we would find it. I had zero but riding on their faith, I agreed to go and look at one of the many places we had been that day. God allowed me to find that tiny diamond within minutes of being in an auditorium where we couldn't even figure out how to turn on the lights. You remember overhead projectors? We stumbled our way to an overhead projector, turned on the little, we had one little beam of light. Anyway, um, so he spoke so clearly, like, as clear as possible that night, he knows me personally. He singled me out to show me his extravagant love. I learned firsthand through experience, there's nothing impersonal about his love. And my prayer is that you would each know how much he specifically loves you too. There's a lot more. Yeah, give a hand for Marilyn. <laughs> you did for me. <laughs> Equal clapping. <laughs> who, who started the clap for me? I just, I want. Yeah. <laughs> it was me, babe. <laughs> That's not true. I can't. <laughs> Trying to take credit where it don't belong. <laughs> So that's just a little bit of our personal history. And we'll, we'll keep telling you more stories about our lives as time goes on. Some of you have heard the other stories before. Um, but we wanted, you know, starting a new era at New Day, we wanted to share a little personal connection with you, a little history. 1983, thanks for remembering that, Mom, and bringing it up last week. That's super cool. Um, so now we want to shift a little bit and talk to you about who we are as pastors um, many of the things that we value and that we're going to talk about this morning, we value them because we've been a part of this church for a very long time. Um, it's, it's not an exhaustive, exhaustive list that we're going to give you today. It's not in a particular order. Please don't read too much into that. Um, but we, as we look to the future together, these are the things that we're going to focus on as a church family. Sound good? Yeah. Are you wondering, like, what, what's coming first? Yeah. Okay, when I think about this, what do I value? First of all, I want to value what Jesus values, okay? So we get a real clear picture of what Jesus values in Matthew chapter 22. A man comes up to Jesus and asks him a question. Teacher, what's the greatest commandment in the law? 
And Jesus says to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and the first commandment. And a second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So the first couple of values that Marilee's actually going to share with you, um, that we value, they're rooted in Jesus' top two list of the greatest commandments. Yes, our first value is to love God. Love him above everything else. That means that we worship him only, nothing else alongside him. It was so common when we read the Old Testament where there would be periods of time where they were worshiping God, but they were still worshiping things that were so prevalent in their surroundings. And, and in our surroundings, we have so many things that we could worship alongside God. Money, success, pleasure, our image or popularity. We might idolize a person or something. But what we really want to do is give our undivided devotion to God. See, he's completely undivided within himself. He is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, Deuteronomy 6, 4. And he's undivided in his devotion toward us and desires that we be undivided in our devotion towards him. The passage continues in verse 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. So when we love him with our heart and our soul and our strength, that's how we can be undivided toward him. So I think practically, this looks like we honor God with every part of our lives. We honor him in the way we treat our friendships. We honor him in the way we do marriage, in the way we do dating, in the way we do singleness, in the way we do engagement. We honor him with the kind of employees that we are and the way we engage in our community, the way we engage politically, and the list goes on and on in every area of our lives. But undivided devotion is key for us, amen? The next one is we value relationships and fellowships and fellowship. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, Bill shared the verse. And Romans 12, 10 says, be devoted to one another in love honor one another above yourselves. And so you'll notice that we do, we'll do sermon series from time to time. And we have over the years about healthy relationships and about, you know, conflict resolution and forgiveness and the importance of, of close um, godly relationships. And you'll continue to see that. Um, speaking of friendships, um, in church last week, we saw so many old friends join us, right? So many of our old church friends. We had Scott and Stephanie, Seth and Sarah, Mark and Amber, Aaron and Bobby Joe. I mean, there's so many, and, and others were here visiting. And it was, it just reminded me of times past. Did anybody else get a little reminder of, <laughs> of times past? But they moved away didn't they? <laughs> and that can be painful, can it? <sighs> if you've been around New Day a long time, you've experienced the pain of close friends moving away. 
It's difficult. Actually, raise your hand if you've had a close friend move away from the church. Wow. That, okay, okay, God, that's why you want me to say this. Okay. I felt like God said, now's the time to open your hearts for new friendships. That there's an there's a invitation for a fresh start. And um, it can be hard to open our hearts to new friendships. But what, but what he designed is for you to have close friendships again and again, even if friends move away. He doesn't run out of good friends for you to have. He doesn't only have one or two. Like, he's going to keep providing them for you. And so I think what he wants us to do is to allow him to heal our relational disappointments. I actually had to learn. I went to Kathy's grieving class because I didn't know how to do that. And I learned how to grieve in a healthy way so you don't carry any of that pain on with you. And, um, and I applied that to, to um, you know, changing friendships. But otherwise, if we don't do that, we actually carry the pain with us, and it inhibits us from making new friends. It just causes us to be a little reluctant to, to go for a new friendship. We keep them at arm's length, or we just, oh, I don't want to go there again. And that's because that pain's still there. And maybe you're not, maybe you've not been around New Day for a long time. Maybe you're, you're newer to this, but maybe you're still carrying pain from, you know, broken friendships in the past, and you bring that pain with you. But God can heal all that, and he wants us to have healthy relationships in the church. Like, that's how he designed it to be. So I just invite you to, to go for that and take advantage of this fresh start. And fellowship. The early church broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. That's Acts 2.46. And so we, we love fellowship. So we promote this value by, you know, hosting potlucks or community groups or church events, like Church at the Camp next weekend is one of those. But the in their homes part, we can't, we can't do anything about that here, right? So we have to have people over. <laughs> we have to share meals together or go out to lunch together. And um, that's a bit of extra work, isn't it? <laughs> that is a bit of extra work. There's going to be extra dishes in the sink. Um, but it's worth it. It's worth it. And it's just how God designed church life to work. And I've said this again and again, and I'm going to keep saying it. God's design is always the best design. So we're going to just do it his way. So get together, have people over, share your stories, share your life, talk about the Bible, talk about your walk with God, do fun things together. That's how he designed for us to live in healthy relationships and fellowship. So that's something that we want to go after together. Thanks, Mary Lee. That's good. Oh, man. If you clap every time we swap back and forth, we're going to get a lot of claps. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we love you too. We love you too. <laughs>
<laughs> it's okay if you don't next time. Don't don't sweat it. I like awkward situations. Um, sometimes I create them on purpose. <laughs> so the next couple of values we're going to talk about come from Jesus' great commission. People nodding their heads about how I like them. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, it comes from the Great Commission. This is after Jesus died. He rose again, and he appeared in his resurrected body to his disciples, and he gave them a commission. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name, the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the, the end of the age. So this truly is a great commission. To make disciples of all nations includes going places. So we value missions. We value taking disciple-making trips to other nations, to other places than where we live. And like Kathy said, we're preparing to do that. After next week, church at the camp, a couple days later, the three of us are going to Mexico to go share New Day values with another church there. And we're excited to do that. While we're gone, Pastor Cameron will be here on Sunday morning, and he'll share the message, and there are other leaders so uh, you'll be well cared for while we're gone, and we look forward to coming back and telling you all about the good things that God did. But we value mission trips. We also value supporting other people. And oh. we're hoping to plan some for next year. Oh, tidbit. Teaser. Okay. It's not fair to say we're going to Mexico, but you guys have to stay here. <laughs> let them know. Yes. It it's been a little bit with COVID and stuff since we've done a... A mission trip, but that'll that'll be back. You can look forward to that. Kathy says amen. <laughs> yes, so we also value supporting other people doing disciple-making work all around the world. Look at the missions report, and you'll see some great examples there. Um, it's really good to keep global awareness while we do our boots-on-the-ground ministry right here in Kalamazoo. It's a good perspective, keeps our perspective in order. That was missions. So that boots on the ground ministry here in Kalamazoo, we call it, we call it evangelism or outreach. Um, making disciples right here where we live, where we work, where we go to church. And um, I'm not going to talk about this one today because next week, church at the camp, join us under the pavilion at Mark and Glen Park, and we're going to talk all about outreach next week. All right? Merrily, come on back. Yeah, we're, we're going to devote the whole sermon next week to this one. Okay. Uh, what? Okay. The next value is we value growth numerically and spiritually. Numerically, as more people join our church family, Acts 247, and the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. So we believe that he is going to add numerically, and we welcome that and are excited about that and want to make that um, easy for him to do in a place where he wants to send people and growth spiritually for all of us so that we're growing. Ephesians 4 uh, explains that God desires that we become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ that we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. 
Okay, there's other messages out there, right? But we want to become mature in Christ, in his word, in his message, and learn to become steady in him. We're not tossed to and fro, you know, and that, but that's a process. Now, you may toss way out and then you start to less. And then eventually as you get more and more mature, there's less of that and you become steady. And so that's our goal. So we're all going to grow together and we have grace for each other wherever we are in that maturity process. That's a, a value that we have. The next one is family. We value family. We value all ages here. We love every age from young to old and every age in between, right? Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. We just cherish the kids at New Day. We sure do, children's pastor. I got to tell you, this is something, this is a, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Parents of young children standing, standing up. I agree. Our kids are teenagers now, but this is a value that blessed me so much over the years. I never felt like anyone looked down on us when our kids were getting squirrely or making noise, or we had to keep them in service because they didn't want to go to class. They're teething when they're really little, <laughs> you know, and just fussy. They were always welcome here. Pastor Cameron did a great job of setting that tone, and they, they could run around with their... Uh, ribbons and stuff and worship with us and be kids and it was okay i felt like our whole family was always embraced and loved and um i've been in another place where that wasn't the case and it was such a stark contrast and so this is a, something i deeply value and we're going to continue we love our children here at new day yes and to our young adults um i want to <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, I think that one was for you. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Right, um, First Timothy 4.12, I want to say to our young adults, where are my young adults? Stand up. <laughs> you, you can stand up. <laughs> yes, yeah, okay. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. We don't look down on you. We welcome you to rise up and set an example to the rest of the believers. Amen? Amen. Okay, you guys can sit down. <laughs> I can't let that one. I can't let that one go. We value you as adults. Some of you grew up here, and you're not so and so's kid anymore. You're an adult, and we value the gifts that God's put in you, your talents, your abilities, and who He made you to be. So let it shine. Contribute it to the whole. We need you, and we value you, young adults. Amen. And as we get older, the Bible says wisdom belongs to the aged and understanding to the old. And so we honor the wisdom, we honor the understanding that the older ones have from the many life experiences that they've been through that we can learn from. And we honor the, the um, most elderly in our congregation 
Psalm 71, 18 says, Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who will come. So we acknowledge that you have mighty acts of God to declare to, declare to us. And we honor your years and your age. So family in every age is a value. I can't let one age group go. I agree. And you know what? It's so cool that he's <laughs> still clapping. It's so cool. Both of our sets of parents are here and they're supporting us, but we love and we honor you guys. Thank you. And thank you to all of those. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All of you who are more advanced in years, God has done things in your lives. He continues to, and we're thankful for that. Share it with the community. Don't check out. We don't want you to. Share your wisdom. We love you. Amen. All right. <laughs> this is so fun. Okay. The next one, unity. We value unity. And we actually see our role to be protectors of unity. and Because Satan loves to go after this one. He loves to divide and cause dissension, division. But Ephesians 4, 3 says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So we want to make every effort here to foster unity and maintain unity. Unity is so important to God. He talks about it again and again in scripture. So we value that as well. We do indeed. And we value clapping, I'm learning. We value fun. That's not one we're going to talk about today, but we value fun. Okay, uh, we value being servant-hearted, and we value servant leadership at New Day, and Marilee and I do personally. In John chapter 13, Jesus washes the disciples' feet, and then he says to them, I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. And Paul writes to the church in Philippi about how Jesus emptied himself, how he uh, took the form of a servant and humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. So if our exalted Lord and Savior washed feet and humbled himself at the cross, we want to be willing to humble ourselves and serve people too. We aspire to be like him. So we don't serve to earn salvation. We don't serve to earn anything from God. We serve out of thankfulness for what Jesus has done for us already. And when we serve others, we know it's actually Jesus that we're serving. Check out Colossians 3.24. It's an act of worship to humble ourselves and serve others. We value healing and restoration. It's been mentioned a couple times. We're going to Mexico to share that value. Um, this is something else we deeply value. Marilee and I personally value this very deeply as well. In some churches, you'll hear it referred to as inner healing. Um, it's meant so much to us personally. We've seen it transform other people's lives as we've walked them through it. Um, and we received this type of ministry early in our marriage when times were tough, and it helped so much. Uh, we continue to receive this type of ministry, to live this type of lifestyle of pursuing healing and restoration whenever we find a pattern where we're stuck and we need breakthrough. And actually, you guys, in my experience, people who don't do this in some form don't mature. They plateau and they stay stuck with issues from their past. I don't want that for you. 
You can't learn your way to a godly life because following Jesus is about more than just what you know. You can't earn your way to a godly life either because following Jesus is about more than just what you do. Ultimately, a godly life flows from who you are. If you have unresolved issues of the heart, you won't progress. You'll stay stuck. And there's a limit to how far God can take you. But there's good news. Jesus wants to redeem and restore and revitalize every part of you, your spirit, your soul, your body, receiving healing and restoration ministry in some form. Living that as a lifestyle gives God the access to transform your life. And it unlocks the life that you long for deep inside. So let's press into that value together. Yeah. Um, and if, if you are interested in receiving healing and restoration ministry, you can, you can come and talk to one of us. Also in the spinning display in the foyer, we have the information that kind of explains it and gives you the steps to follow as well. We're talking about it so much this morning. I just wanted to give you that, that action step. All right, so the next value is we value personally and as a church to provide room for growth. For each individual, we believe and we know that each one of you have gifts to share given to you by the Holy Spirit. And so we value making space for your gifts to shine and for you to grow in them. We do not want to have a church where a few hot shots do everything. That's not true church. So 1 Corinthians 12 explains how to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good and lists all these gifts. And they all work for one and the same Spirit. He gives them to each one, not just to a couple. He gives them to each one just as he determines. So we learn from that verse, and we take that verse seriously and go, hey, there's a gift in you. 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 And there, there's a gift in you. Yeah. And um, so we value making space for you to use them and grow in them. Next, we value generosity. Um, and the missions report is a great example to show that. We give liberally knowing that we are provided for by God and that we can trust him I pulled this verse from a prayer of David, 1 Chronicles 29, 14, and listen for the humility in this prayer. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. That is the proper view toward giving. And I love the humility and the thankfulness in that prayer. So we value that as well. Okay. <laughs> we might as well. We're so close, you know. You've come so far. <laughs> Just keep on clapping every time. 
We value worship. From the founding days of this church until now, we've had a value for worshiping God with music and singing. We value spirit-filled, presence-based worship. We value offering all we have to God as we sing and clap and raise our hands to the Lord as we come into his presence. And we do recognize that praise and worship is so much more than just the songs that we sing for the first 30 to 35 minutes of worship, of church, I mean. Um, We value all aspects of worship. We seek to worship God in spirit and in truth, like it says in John 4.23. There's a lot more to say about this we won't say today, but you know what? Go back and check out the sermon series on worship. Carrie Miller and Peter Webb did a terrific job talking about that recently, and it's something we deeply value here at New Day. So we're going to shift now just a little bit, just a little shift. I bet you guys are wondering, what are Bill and Marilee planning for the future of New Day? It's got to be on your minds right now. Week one, right? So you can expect us to stay the course, you guys. We're already heading in a really good direction as a church. You can also expect to see our giftings, our personality, the things we uh, emphasize emerge over time. Some things will change as we move forward, but our current course is really good. Our church is strong and healthy and growing. We have something really valuable to offer to Kalamazoo and the world. Together as a family, we'll build on our strengths and we'll find ways to share them with our community. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah, so we're not planning on making any major changes. We're actually feel like right now we want to focus in and hone who we are. What is, what is the DNA of New Day? And, and call it out and be faithful to the call he's given this house. Because we do. We believe we have a good thing going. All right. So who are we as a church? Well, one way to describe the type of church that we are is a spirit and word church. Everybody say, a spirit and word church. Spirit and word church. Yeah. What that means is we highly and equally value both aspects. Spirit church meaning that we are revival-minded. We believe and encourage the charismatic gifts. We honor and welcome the flow of the Holy Spirit. And word church meaning We love his word. We delight in his word. We dig into solid biblical teaching that we meditate on and apply to our life. We must know the word so the gifts of the spirit flow from a grounded, true place. And we must know the spirit so the word can be understood and shared most accurately. Because the more we experience him, the more we understand him, his perspective, his tone, allowing us to more rightly convey his meaning behind the words. My testimony attests to this truth. My experience allowed me to truly understand God's love that is written in the Bible. So our commitment to... uh, Spirit and Word at New Day is is actually one of the reasons why 
why many of you are attracted to being a part of New Day. I've, I've had conversations with different ones of you over the years and um, or even in recent weeks, and, and it came out like, yeah, I, I love that we're going after the Spirit, but it's just safe and grounded and, and, and why a lot of people join New Day, why a lot of people stay and plug in here. But if a person or a church emphasizes spirit over word, what happens is they could be susceptible to abuse and deceit. See, the Bible is the standard by which we must measure every outworking of the gift of the spirit. Because right now we know in part, we see in a mirror dimly. And also the enemy can pop thoughts into our minds that we could mistake for God's voice. Um, I, was, I was talking with um, Sarah Gerber when she was here, and, and she just shared this little story that um, one of their students um, was, was saying, you know, I just got this word. I'm called to, um, you know, be this prayer warrior and break down um, the strongholds of witchcraft over Reading. And after I do that, then I'm going to sit on the throne. And she's like, yep, that's not God. <laughs> okay. But he, that they really thought that was God. Okay. The, the enemy can do that. Okay. We also have thoughts that pop into our mind that, that we can mistake for God. That's really just our own flesh. Um, and it can be mistaken for God's voice. And what that is, is it's voices, it's like um, coming from our own pain or our own fears or our own desires. And we can think, oh, that's God. And so everything must be held accountable to the word. And we have to be humble with the gifts of the spirit. We cannot be like, I am so sure, thus saith the Lord, and no one can, you know, that is, that is risky. That's not, that's not healthy. You want to you stay humble, yet confident in going after and getting better at hearing his voice. But like I said, we know in part and we see in part. We're not going to get it 100% right all the time. But it's still so worth going after because there's so much life there. You guys understand the balance with that. Yeah, okay, so if a person or a church emphasizes word over spirit, you end up with a spirituality that does all the right stuff or tries to do all the right stuff, but misses out on the intimacy of walking closely with Jesus. It's a spirituality devoid of power and empty of joy. There's a value for the words of scripture, but not in seeking to know the heart of the God who spoke them, which can easily lead to misunderstanding of the scripture or twisting if it's not cared for by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's often a lack for the value of learning to hear the present voice of the author of the words, the Holy Spirit, when you have a, a word over spirit emphasis. Often people who value word over spirit have a theoretical Christianity disconnected from the rest of life because what the spirit does 
is he applies the words into every crease and corner of our hearts, comforting us, convicting us, healing us, tenderizing hard, stony places. Jesus confronts the teachers of the law very directly in the gospel accounts. They were definitely word over spirit, law over spirit. They had gone so far down this road, they actually worshiped the law as they put the lawgiver to death. But the word, this book is so full of treasure, so full of treasure that God wants to bring revelation to us from to transform our lives. These incredible books of the Bible were written by real people with a purpose inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. And so I want to take this opportunity to encourage you in your individual Bible reading. Do you have a regular practice of reading the Bible at home? Um, this year we've been doing the the Bible in one year plan. And it's been so helpful for so many of us to create a habit of, of, of that regular practice of daily reading. And many of you are reading faithfully other reading plans. That's so important. But the Bible is spiritual food for you. Don't starve your spirit. And the same way you wouldn't eat just one meal on a Sunday afternoon and expect that to sustain you through the whole week, you need this nourishment every day, too. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. And the word will reveal to you who the Father is and, by extension, who you are in light of him. The Bible also teaches us that there's um, a physicality to God, a factuality to God. God isn't some ethereal being that we kind of have some supernatural experiences of that can't be verified. That's a new age spirituality where you can't really verify or really know. But that's not what the Bible tells us about who God is, is it? The Bible is consistently drawing us to understand that while God is bigger then our ability to fully comprehend him, he really appeared in history and he really died in history and he really rose again in history, proving himself risen God. And it, the Bible's full of historical facts so we can actually go back and verify that what he said really happened. And why is that important? It's important because in the midst of moments in life that make no sense, in the midst of difficulty, brokenness, suffering, a vague reality isn't going to sustain you. Is your faith able to withstand the craziness of life? Most of us will come to moments where we question. When we face those moments, I hope we can say, not only have I experienced God through encounters with him that prove to me he's real, but I also know through studying the Bible and even other resources that there's no question that a historical man named Jesus existed, that a historical man named Jesus taught 
that he did miracles that were unexplainable, that he had disciples, that he died, that those disciples went to his grave and said, he's not here anymore. And not only those disciples, but hundreds of other witnesses. So it's true. And, these, and there's extra biblical scholars that actually record that all this stuff happened. So I hope that no one thinks that Christianity is something to just cross your fingers and hope is true. Because the more you study, the more there's proof and weighty evidence for the thing you've given your life for. This was never intended to be a faith that we only feel. It's a verifiable faith. All right, let's talk about this. Jemmy, you want to clap? You go right ahead, girl. All right, let's talk about the Spirit. The disciples weren't launched until they had the Spirit, right? They'd been three years with Jesus. They had heard, you know, they had studied under Rabbi Jesus. They, they knew so much. But they needed the Spirit in order to be released, Acts 1, 4, and 5. And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, but for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. The Holy Spirit, did you hear that? The Holy Spirit was referred to as the promise of the Father. Everyone say the promise of the Father. There's something of a family that we're being introduced to here in this moment. The Father's promise is the spirit of sonship. We're told this in Galatians and in Romans. Listen to Romans 8, 15, and 16. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. You are God's child. See, in a spirit-filled, charismatic church like ours, it can be easy to cherish the power of the Holy Spirit, to seek healings, manifestations, miracles, prophetic words, without being rooted in our sonship. I don't want us to do that. The most important characteristic of being led by the Spirit is first, being a son or a daughter. The Spirit draws us to intimacy with God, toward a deep, tender closeness with Him. Raw love. And oh yes, the Spirit is power and the Spirit does mighty things, and we love what he does. We love what you're doing, Spirit. We love what you're going to do. We love the things, the visions you've given us, and what you've called this church to, and the things you've shown us that you want to do through this church, but we love you more. We love you, Father. We are your kids. We want to always love you more than what you do.
spirit and the word. Well, I hope today has allowed you to see who we are as people, what we value as pastors and as a church, and who we are as a church, spirit and word church. Yeah. Kathy, would you come and close? You know, it's interesting if you um, follow version at all, um, the verse of the day today uh, had an encouragement about what do you value? And before you can answer that question, you have to ask yourself, what do you spend your time and money on? And each one of us has to do that, right? What do you prioritize? What, what do you, you know, where do you spend money? What do you spend thinking about? What do you spend your days thinking about? And if your values, what you want to say, what you wanted to say when I first said it, doesn't match up with where you spend your time, money, and thoughts, you can rearrange them. I can tell you something. Bill and Mary Lee have been leading for a while. You just didn't know it. When the pandemic hit and we had crises, they stepped in and they handled them because they cared. They were pastoring. Pastor is a shepherd who comes in and makes sure that their flock is not hurt. They go after the one. And I saw Bill and Mary Lee chase after the one over and over. They pray for you and me and this church and its vision and its ministry. And they said, <laughs> I'm sure they said, I don't know if I want to do this because <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Pastors are put in a spotlight and expected to perform for you in a certain way. You have an idea or an expectation of them that isn't often realistic because they're still human beings. But I've seen their love for you, for this church. And I, and over and over again, God has shown me that it's not about the person that you're going to follow. It's the church. Do you want to be part of New Day? Is New Day, is God put you here? And if he's put you here, then you're going to be praying for them. You were clapping for him this morning, but next week when things get hard, are you still going to be praying for them? This is your church. God put you here. That's what you need to do. That's what I need to do. And know that you're going to be loved and cared for. You heard their heart and what they value. So let's just pray. We thank you, Father. We thank you so much for creating New Day so many years ago in a little corner church with stained glass windows. But that you saw today and you said, Bill and Mary Lee, we're going to lead. And we're honored. We're honored to receive them as our pastor. 
we're honored to to support them and to love them and to encourage them. And Father, we most of all want to chase after you at our heart is to see you, to have that relationship with you. And we want to mature. Let us take advantage of the ways that you can help us mature. In Jesus' name, amen.